This season, for season three, we're going to do all movie episodes. Right. We're not going to talk Non-stop. about sermons no, or anything no more like sermons. that. <laughs> no more updates about church life. No more, no, more, no more of that. That's just boring sauce. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Go. Oh, Here we are. We're in season three of the Jesus on Display podcast. Yes. We're starting it up with a three movie seasons, episode. Man. We're in three seasons already. Yep. So just so you guys know, there's 16 episodes per season. We lined it up it's just perfect. for you. So there's 16 and 1, 16 and 2. And hopefully, if you know all ends well, we'll be 16 episodes in season three. Who knows? We'll give it a shot. You can and you will. Yeah, we're going right. to make it happen. We're going to figure it out. So what's this episode? This is another movie episode. Yeah, we're talking about movies. I love these. I do too, and I love I love the the fact that we get to talk about storytelling mm-hmm. in the midst of ministry, and we we believe it matters because really it helps all of us feel more connected as a scattered body, but unified when we yeah. meet together. Um, this is one thing that connects us uh, because we're all a part of one big story of God's plan for redeeming His people. Let me do that again: of God's plan for redeeming His people, mm-hmm. and that's. Super encouraging to be a part of, and one way we talk about stories in the context of ministry is that we evaluate movies and how they are echoing truths we find in the gospel. Now, there are plenty of movies out there that just don't do that at all, For sure. but we want to talk about movies and elevate the ones that do. I think that's incredibly yeah. important, because when you watch it, you want to think <clears throat> on it in those terms. Yeah, and we just, I mean... <clears throat> Guys, I don't think it's a secret. Chandler and I just really, really like movies. We I know do. a lot of people like movies, but yeah. we took it to the next level recently. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yes, Chandler and I got matching tattoos. We did it. And you can uh, judge us all you want. You can do whatever you want. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, great day. I had a little, great day. Little movie tickets. We got little movie tickets tattooed because we love it so much. Yeah, it's wonderful. But uh, All right, so for this episode, yeah, we have chosen the movie. It's a throwback. It's a throwback Big time. Uh, called 12 Angry Men. From the year 1957. Whew. Black and white. Yep. Black and white. And uh, for those of you who think old movies aren't entertaining or they're not compelling or cinema, you know, has only gotten better so we shouldn't watch old movies, you're just entirely wrong. Right. This is easily in the top 100 movies of all time. Yeah. I think. Like in most ranked. most lists. Mm-hmm. that you can find out there that are trustworthy. This one's way up there. I know IMDb has it up there big yep. time. Um, but before we go on, yeah. uh, if you have missed any of the previous episodes in Season 1 or Season 2 about the movies that we have done uh, where we discuss faith and film and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, you can find them back there. Please go listen to them. Uh, if that's something you're interested in, it's usually Chan and myself right. doing we those. the ones that do it. Uh, and before we begin our discussion... Specifically on this movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, as always, spoiler alert, warning, uh, please hold off on listening to the full episode, and uh, maybe you can go skip to the end. We always do a review at the end, a Mm -hmm. family rating review, and then kind of a a gospel lens rating as well. 25-minute mark. Maybe skip to that. So around there, you'll see our rating and whether or not this would be good to watch with the family. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we don't want to spoil anything for you. So, we don't. So go watch the movie. Yep. Enjoy it, and then come back and listen. Yeah, you'll find the episodes too. Like we've we've kind of tried to be cute with titles recently, but what we've found is like you know with seasons and lots of episodes going out every week, we want to make sure that they stand out. And so yeah. we'll give it a cute title, but we'll also make sure the movie name is in the title. So oh, nice. You're looking, nice little change there. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll find the title that's you know a little cutesy, related <laughs> to the movie, and then you'll see uh, the movie title along with it, so it's easy to find. But And we typically try to do two or three per season. Yeah. Um, I think last season we did, let's see, we did two. We did Dunkirk and then... Um, Warrior, was that last season? I think that was the first season. So we did Dunkirk and Castaway. Yeah, yeah. Castaway, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Those were great. So this season, back. for season three, we're going to do all movie episodes. Right. We're not going to talk Non-stop. about sermons no, or anything no like sermons. that. <laughs> <laughs> no more updates about church life. No more No more, No more. more of that. That's just boring sauce. Yeah. No, but the, um, yeah, it, it's it's good to sprinkle these in there just so you guys can be encouraged by, you know, the context of sermons, application, all that, the church yeah, updates, and then sure. you get movie stuff too, which is yeah. our bread and butter. And I think most of us are watching movies or television shows. We're definitely and watching And so it's, it's always good to... Uh, I, I love these episodes, particularly because it's just a refresher to learn how to get better mm-hmm. at watching stuff with the gospel lens on. So uh, you ready to dig in? Yeah, let's, let's go in. for it. I want to hear, like we typically do, this is fun, if you're new to the uh, episode or new to the podcast, we, what we do is talk about a first viewing experience and, yeah. and what that did for us when we first saw the movies that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So what about you? What, what, yeah, what so happened um, it? growing up, every Friday night was family night, and we always got Little Caesars Pizza. <sighs> Little sneeze, uh, a couple cartons of ice cream, mm-hmm. and we would watch a movie. And my dad would always pick the movies; right. he was always in charge of that. And uh, he just had a, a strong passion. He wasn't like a cinephile, sure, but he just loved film and good loved, story. Yeah, good stories. Yeah. And so he would always pick uh, movies that we would watch together. Right. And he kind of got on this kick where he he wanted us to realize that like old cinema was good cinema. Sure. And so we watched a ton of Alfred Hitchcock movies, oh, like the birds. The, the birds and Psycho oh, and stuff like goodness. that. Um, but one of them was this one. We watched Twelve Angry Men, and I think, I think I was probably twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, just being so surprised at the end that I really enjoyed it, right? Because um, it's a bottleneck movie. It's unique. It doesn't go anywhere. Takes place in one room, and it's just twelve men mm-hmm. talking the whole time. Yep. And so it's like, how can that possibly be good? You For know, like an hour and a half hour of and that. Half plus, yeah. yeah. And I was just really compelled the mm-hmm. whole time. And it flew. The hour right. and a half flew because it was so good. What about you? Yeah, so I it was always on my watch list for the longest time. I heard about it in college. And uh, we always watched some of the classics growing up, but we never went too far into it. It was always like the face level, mm-hmm. you know, It's a Wonderful Life, that kind of stuff. And like, you know, Andy Griffith Show, that kind of right, thing. Right, yeah. Um, but this was kind of on the back burner, and I heard about it in college, and I was like, man, I really need to check that out. So I was probably in my mid-20s, and I queued it up on a rainy Sunday evening, which is like perfect atmosphere perfect. for this kind of movie. Um, it's good. Good old black and white. I watched it by myself. The kids were asleep, and I was like, you know what? This is something that I've been meaning to check off my mm. watch list for a while. And man, when I queued it up, I remember <clears throat> one the the atmosphere of watching it. You know, the quiet and rain coming down in my house, and just I wasn't disappointed, man. It was mm-hmm. it was it delivered yeah. on every single level. And you and Kelly rewatched <clears throat> it. We did recently, recently right? Yeah, because she, she enjoyed it. it. And did she enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah, she'd never seen it, and she likes old movies to begin with. Oh, my yeah. wife does, and 
I was surprised she hadn't seen it because she'd seen so many of the classics. Isn't like, it well, her her favorite movie, Singing in the Rain? Yeah, that's her number yeah. one all time favorite. Love that. Yeah, she loves the old movies, so she was captivated by it as well. It's just a solid, yeah. solid movie. So uh, why? why? Yeah, yeah, why this movie? Why are we picking this one? Um, I mean, it's hard to pick a reason. Uh, if guys, if you've seen it, you know it covers so much in mm-hmm. about an hour and a half. Um, they tackle racism, classism, ageism, uh, the American justice system, yeah. uh, team and group dynamics, which when reading about this movie, I found out a bunch of like higher-up companies actually make new hires watch this movie really? to learn how to handle group dynamics sure. and disagreements and stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah, they talk about healthy conflict resolution. There's even like hints of the pain of fatherhood, mm-hmm. uh, what it means to have conviction, how do we know what's true. I mean, it it goes on and on. There's yeah. so much going on in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of body language, too, being communicated with yeah. people walking into this room. Because all we get in the setup, and we'll talk about this more a little bit later, but it's just you you see a glimpse of the courtroom and the guy who's being convicted, and then you're in this room, and all you can see is just, like, people's reactions. Like yeah. All you're doing there's like, wide, steady tripod shots, and right. there's just people just, like, you know, reaming because it's a hot evening in New York. And, yeah, you learn a lot about... A little bit with a little bit of detail. Yeah, you learned so much. And I, I read that um, when they were making this movie, that they had a lot of concerns about making a, a bottleneck movie. Yeah, um, you know where everything takes place in one room for the mm-hmm. whole movie, because back in the day it was like the more movement you can get on the screen, yeah, uh, the more entertaining it'll be, mm-hmm. and the more it'll uh, kind of flex and show the impressiveness of cinema or a right. screen because it was still kind of a newer technology. Yeah, and so they were really concerned that like is this going to be too boring? And so they came up with these new cinematography techniques Mm -hmm. for this movie uh, movie of like moving the camera around a little bit more. And they asked the actors to be a little bit more expressive with their bodies to just be able to demonstrate the emotion a lot more Mm -hmm. because that is going to be the like main push of this movie is like, we got to get the audience to feel what these men are feeling. And there's tight close-ups as well. Like when they're processing certain things that are happening, but it's a, it's a movie and it's similar to the it's a wonderful life mentality is that it only gets better with age um, because of its themes and it's not right it, you know their, their themes are surrounding of not being quick to judge there's themes yeah. of redemption and staring in the face of what it's like to cast the first stone yep um, and it's it's really high on that list for people to, to watch and I think it pops up in random like top movie lists because it's a 1957 black and white movie, but it's dealing with yeah. the everyday battles we still face today. Yeah, like it's I, I rewatched <clears throat> it yesterday and uh, was just blown away that it's 2023 yeah. and like everything they were wrestling with in that room is still the same. You right. know, it it actually reminded me of like reading Proverbs, mm-hmm. where you're like, man, oh, how has nothing changed? Like right. we're still dealing with the same human dilemmas, mm-hmm. you know, throughout all of history. Yeah. There's um, there's a <clears throat> there's a lot going on, and again with with very little to look at, um, but there's a problem that's being unpacked pretty early on. Right. Um, and here's the setup for you, just so you know, in case you've seen it or you haven't seen it. Um, in New York City, uh, it's on the hottest day of the year, and there's a jury deliberating over the fate of an 18 year old youth accused of stabbing mm-hmm. his father to death. And according to the witnesses, someone saw this man physically commit the crime. And so there's a lot of evidence that's stacked up against him. Mm-hmm. So it's a really small, smart setup because 
again, like you're, you, you get a quick glimpse of the courtroom and you see the young man. You can see the expression on his face, and even the expression on his face says a lot. Yeah, about he's, what's going on. He's feeling like <clears throat> stuck yeah. and helpless. Yep. He's watching these twelve men leave the room, right? And, and they've seemingly decide, already made up their mind. Yeah, they're going to decide his fate, right? <clears throat> and you quickly realize uh, within a couple minutes of them discussing in the room uh, that the trial actually was pretty bent. Yeah. Like it was just leaning one way the whole time. Right. He's guilty, he's guilty, he's guilty. Yeah. And so uh, they take a poll, take a vote around the room just mm-hmm. to see where everyone is. And uh, all but one uh, jury member in the room vote guilty. Yeah. And the lone holdout juror is convinced that uh, the case is not as airtight as it appears. Mm-hmm. There's and more to this. The The whole movie is him attempting to win over the other 11 to right. a, a not guilty verdict. Yeah, well, he's really evaluating the all the witnesses that come up and, and just basically say, like, yeah. this is the guy that did it. And he's, like, really picking it apart. Yeah, like, really and you, diving can, you can feel <clears throat> how annoyed everyone is in the Oh, room. man. I mean, like, one guy's got baseball tickets for that night, so he's like, <laughs> so I don't want to get out of here. <laughs> and it looks like the air conditioning is broken or the fan isn't working in the room, so yep. they got to open the windows. It's so hot. Everybody's sweating. Yep. The claustrophobia is just building almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that yeah. rain. I love that shot too when they open the windows because they are trying to get some air, and then it just starts yeah. raining, and then it becomes humid. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, we and, can't get a break." And so they got to close the windows yeah. and just build. And so build. yeah, a layer of issues. <clears throat> you got a seemingly guilty party, and you've got these guys who are just agitated. They don't want to be there. It's mm-hmm. raining. It's hot. So there's there's a lot going on. Everybody's pouring sweat. Um, so this leads to conversations surround surrounding a verdict. Right. Um, which the one guy, he's like, I don't I don't think he's guilty. And yeah. that builds into a redemptive arc. And even even when he's asked, they're like, Well, why why did you say not guilty? Yeah. And he just says, Well, all of you voted guilty mm-hmm. and it just seemed like if we're holding a man's life yeah, in our hands, so we should give him at least five more minutes. Right. You know, like yeah. we shouldn't be so flippant with this. Yeah. And it was almost out of principle of like we need to honor this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what I think. And he says that. He goes, maybe you're all right. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm I'm wrong and mm-hmm. he is guilty. But I think we should just take this a little more seriously and, and take our time. Right. And that just annoys everyone in the room because they're all like, <laughs> ah, it's so clear this is an open and shut case, you know. Yeah. You get a variety of, of uh, personalities. You get a oh, variety yeah. of outlooks and people from all kinds of different backgrounds, naturally with a jury duty uh, case. But there's... There's these guys who are kind of passive about it. Uh-huh. There's the there's the one guy who's pretty aggressive about the, the decision. Oh, yeah. He's just yeah. like, guilty. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's no question he about says, it. He says, we could talk for 100 years and you mm-hmm. couldn't change my mind. Right. Yeah. So that's a constant. And, like, each each uh, jury member, mm-hmm. um, no, there's no character names in the whole movie. Right. It's juror one, two, three, all the way through 12. Which I love, personally. I love that. And each of them, you know, represents kind of a caricature yeah. of like there's kind of this weaselly guy mm-hmm. who's got a higher pitched voice right. and he's kind of scrawny. Yeah. And then there's this domineering, you could tell like this is an abusive man. Mm-hmm. And then there's a racist, like he's just outright, outright racist. Mm-hmm. And he goes, these people are all like this, you know how it is. And right. and they all represent all these different vices, you mm-hmm. know? So it, it's just set up so well. And the problem is so immediate. It's right. can this one guy who's advocating for the innocence of this kid mm-hmm. actually convince all these annoyed, angry men yeah. to, you know, change their minds. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a clash of all the kinds of, you know, 
different categories as, as you know for, yeah. for men who step in to do this like it's oh, yeah. just every single category just clashing it's a clash of the titans uh-huh. for like a jury kind of movie yeah um so there is a redemptive arc in the midst of all that like it's it's slowly building the case mm-hmm. that the that the the guy isn't guilty right um and there's different things revealed and so what they do is they really just pull out all the evidence and they look and they start dissecting it yeah uh and one scenario after oh, the man. other leads to them slowly just, swaying. Do you remember being, you're just <clears throat> so in? Like as soon Absolutely. as they go, they're like, let's talk about the knife. And you're yeah. like, yes, let's yeah. talk about the knife. Oh <laughs> like, man. And the, the uh, reveals, they're so smart about what they reveal and when mm-hmm. they do it. Because in your mind, you're like, well, the evidence is pretty much stacked up. But yeah. then once they start unpacking each scenario, yeah. You're and it makes swaying you, as well. Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, <clears throat> how many times have I done that in my life where, where I've just dismissed something. I just assume, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yep. Instead of, like, doing what this guy encourages, goes, let's take it. let's just take a beat. Sure. And, like, really think about what we're saying. Yep. Um, yeah, and so the redemptive arc that happens throughout the whole story, mm-hmm. uh, the first one is for the kid. Yeah. Um, because as you find out by the end of the movie, and it's it's not... A surprise that it happens. Mm-hmm. It's a, the surprise is how it happens. Right. But they all change their mind, mm-hmm. and he's declared not guilty at the end. So there's this redemption for this kid. Yeah. But each character in the room eventually finds some redemption of their own. Right. Whether it's through admittance of their own issues, mm-hmm. um, or kind of the room shaming them for right. you know their racism or their ageism or whatever. Sure. Um, so each of them kind of find a taste of redemption. It's a good look throughout. in the mirror for everybody that's yeah, involved. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it briefly, but these men, they represent one of our key virtues and our vices. Like, it's both yeah. and. Um, there's, like, all kinds of doubt. There's dismissal. There's passivity. There's optimism. There's rejection, remorse, uncertainty. Like, all these things are mm-hmm. running together um, in this bottleneck situation. Um, but that arc does begin to shift when one man questions that integrity mm-hmm. and that reliability of the presented evidence yeah. uh, from each key witness. <clears throat> and even, this is just <clears throat> one cool side note for me, is um, there's one character who was an immigrant from, mm-hmm. you can tell from his accent, it sounds like Russia or somewhere sure. around there, Yeah, and he's new to the American justice system, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of bragging on it. He's like, do right. you guys know how awesome this is? Yeah and how important this is to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's this cavalier, kind of laid-back guy who has baseball tickets. He's been an American his whole life who's, like, flipping about it. Mm-hmm. And the guy challenges him because he just, like, flippantly changes, and he goes, yeah, I guess not guilty. Right. And the immigrant guy comes over, and he goes, how? either say guilty or not guilty, <laughs> yeah. but stand on what you're <clears throat> right. convicted of, not just because you're ready to get out of here. Do you know how you want to go to the baseball is? game. And it just made me think, like, I started analyzing, you know, the American justice system and how unique it is, mm-hmm. and the fact that if there's even an ounce of reasonable doubt, yeah, then because the judge says it at the beginning of the movie, if there's reasonable doubt, we cannot convict, right. you know, and so it really is this: the ideal is held up in this movie of like innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. You have to be proven guilty, right. and so you know, even just to have one man fight for the innocence of someone. Mm-hmm. The, the movie kind of says that could be enough, you know, to, to actually right. save someone's life. So Yeah, I love, I love the, uh, the guy that's kind of being led to essentially lead out 
the uh, debriefing. Yeah. Because he's also kind of not. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. That that's the term. I was yeah. trying to think of what it was. Um, he's also in the mentality that it's very dismissed. And yeah. He's just like, can we just get this done? Yeah. Like, and it reminded me. This is a total side note, but it reminded me of the show that came out this year, Jury Duty. Oh, oh yeah. I was, just Dude, like, I was thinking of <clears> that the other <throat> night too. Yeah. Well, it just it reminded me of that so much because. Yeah, this is a very serious scenario, and it's like dramatized and all that. But like, giving that foreman yeah. that responsibility and the weight of that too, yeah. like just saying, yeah. "Hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm facilitating this, but there's much more at stake here." Uh-huh. And, yeah. and I thought about jury duty. And yeah. That's a more comic take of of I reality. Thought of that. TV, I was but, making dinner last night, and I thought, yeah. "Man, we need to bring up jury duty." Yeah, we uh, should. If guys, if you haven't seen it, there's there's some content right. like language and stuff. Be but, aware um, of it. But uh, it's a reality show. Where everyone in the courtroom except one jury member is in on the truth that it's all make believe. Yeah, it's none a joke. of it's real. Yeah. It's all a joke. Yeah, but there's one jury member who thinks it's real. Yeah, and he's the foreman. They pick him to be the foreman. Yeah, they pick him to be hilarious. the foreman for the jurors. Yes. and it is just a hilarious, wonderfully made show. The ending is a huge payoff. It's it's delightful. Yeah, well, it's 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 a it's a comic spin on Twelve Angry right. Men. Honestly, yeah. like it, it is reality. <laughs> uh, spun on its head and and it's on freebie i think mm-hmm. i think it's yeah i think you can watch it for for nothing so yeah um that's a great a great little uh segue there. all right so uh back to 12 angry men so yeah gospel takeaway this is always what we're looking for oh, man. in a movie yeah. um <clears throat> if you're watching it with a gospel lens it's like where is christ in this movie mm-hmm. where am i in this movie in my relationship to christ and the gospel and for me it became most clear when it was kind of this shot of the whole room, and you see the one jury member uh, raising his hand, mm-hmm. advocating for not guilty, and the rest of them there all saying guilty, guilty, guilty. Right. And I thought of this reality that we experience of believers where you're surrounded by the enemy mm-hmm. just screaming guilty at you, right. just trying to cast guilt on you over and over again, and even when the enemy surrounds you and they're declaring you guilty, even if it feels like it's a crowd, yeah. there is one man who stands in their way fighting for your freedom and redemption. Yeah. And though it can seem like, you know, in those situations where your guilt is layered on, mm-hmm. it can seem like that man, Jesus, is vastly outnumbered, yeah. he will not fail. Um, and we read it in, you know, Scripture, by putting his own life and reputation on the line, and by being an advocate for you, he overcomes the enemy. Right. Um, and this movie immediately makes me think of the verse in First John 2, mm-hmm. um, where he's writing to encourage them. He says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Mm. And so juror number eight in this movie <clears throat> is this Christ figure who advocates for the freedom of this kid mm-hmm. even though everyone is condemning him right. and and calling out for his condemnation. Yeah. What I love about his character too is that while everybody basically everybody is complaining about the elements. Yeah. And it being an uncomfortable situation, they want to get out of there. He's the one guy who never complains for one he second. He doesn't complain at all. Not at all. Yeah. And he's he's there because he wants to get to the bottom of it and He's not looking to cast that first stone. Yeah. Like he wants to figure out why. And the way that the way. way he challenges and presses is yeah. through questions, mm-hmm. which is so very Christ-like. Yeah. I mean, the way Jesus would like even the Pharisees and the scribes, they right. have all these 
things. He's like, why are you saying in your hearts? Like <laughs> he'll just respond to the question. Yeah, it's, it's never. It's almost like what Charlie was talking about recently. It's 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 always like the grace complimenting the truth. Yep. Yeah, and it's similar here. Like he's always looking for the grace, yeah, as opposed to condemning really quickly. Um, and he's humble about it. Yeah, dude. I mean, they they're like, who are you to say right what the truth is? And he goes, I I don't know if I'm right, right. But I'm just saying there's reasonable doubt. Yeah. Like, well, he, he says that too because they they take a brief hiatus uh, from meeting and they go take a bathroom break. Yeah. And they're like wiping off their heads, and he says yeah. that. Like, I have, you know, if there's reasonable doubt, like, we've got to question this. Yeah. And that's just such a calm before the storm moment, before yeah. it really starts going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he stands in that in that role of saying, I'm not going to be so quick to condemn yeah. him. Um, and he's not he's not quick to speak. No. Um, he listens He never loses his temper. Yeah. Um, he's just a very calm, humble, yeah. kind person. I mean, even at the end, man, mm-hmm. when, when that guy loses it. Yeah. The angry man who right. is the the last holdout. Who's got some family and problems. And he's got some family issues. Yep. Him and his son are estranged, and he's screaming and mm-hmm. shouting at everyone and finally breaks. Right. Everyone leaves the room because they declare, all right, we've unanimously voted not guilty. Everyone yep. leaves the room, and juror number eight kindly stays behind, mm-hmm. gets his the guy's jacket. Helps him up. Helps him up, puts yeah. his jacket on him, helps right. him out of the room. I mean, like... He's just the Christ figure from right. the beginning. It's <laughs> yeah. so perfect. Yeah, I, I think too, like for the gospel takeaway, like I, I think about our verdict. Like we were, yeah. you know, born into this and, in, you know, that verdict was guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. Um, all these virtues and vices that make us uh, humans are uh, more and more evident each day uh, that passes by. Yet mm-hmm. we have a refuge in the midst of that. We have the one that stands on our place and fights on our behalf. And I always envision this like throne room of judgment when I think about this movie. Like I always think about all the different kinds of people, like each member finding me guilty, like the guilty party. Some that's like without hesitation, some just like eh, nonchalantly, eh, I think he's guilty. Uh, or uh, some uncertain, but they go with the majority vote. But then there's just, there's the one, there's the one that always stands on our place. Um, the one that's willing to go to bat for you every single time. Uh, so when the messianic figure is present in this movie, I mean, it's, it's figuratively, of course, but it alters the course of the narrative because everybody's got their mind made up in the beginning. You're like, okay, like what is going to happen in this movie? Cause all these guys have made up their mind. Um, so as that pendulum swings for each member of the jury, you're left feeling the weight of the decision. Uh, but the outcome slowly turns towards hope when more and more is revealed about what's happening and, and what the case is specifically about. Yeah. Um, but I think of when I thought about, you know, what in scripture, uh, comes to mind when I, when I think of 12 angry men, I think of any scenario in which we are faced with the opposition and then God interjects, mm-hmm. like, but God steps in and redeems. And mm. that comes to mind every single time. Psalm forty nine fifteen. But God will redeem my soul from the from the power of Sheol. Sheol being like the lowest of the low, like mm-hmm. not not a great place. Um, and then my flesh and my heart may feel, but God is the strength of my portion of my heart and my portion forever. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians. Uh, but God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we've been saved. So that opposition who was constantly casting stones, constantly throwing out lots, like just ridiculously raking us over the coals. We have that one, and the sentence has been uh, carried out for us. Um, but our refuge stepped in and took our right. place, and he hung on our cross for us. It made me think, um, you know, it would be easy to put yourself, you know, if you're going to do a gospel takeaway, put yeah. yourself in the situation of the kid being tried. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the difference is we are guilty. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, there isn't someone, Jesus isn't fighting for our lack of guilt. Sure. Um, he, he actually steps in place right. of us it's a, yeah, it's a swap. and gets called guilty on right. our behalf, which right. is nuts. Yeah. Um, but then I thought of, I had this thought this morning. I was talking to Jim Thompson about this movie. Mm-hmm. He's never seen it. And I was like, dude, you got to get your life together. It. But yeah, get your life together. Go see it. Yeah. And I said, can you imagine? Because the book of Romans kind of paints this picture of us in a courtroom with mm-hmm. God. God is the judge. And by chapter eight, mm-hmm. where there's no condemnation, for those, God yeah. declares no condemnation on you anymore, mm-hmm. even though you deserve it. Right. He declares it uh, so because of Christ. And I thought, if you're sitting in a courtroom and all the evidence is stacked against you, and then deep inside you know, you're yeah, like, this is I, not gonna go I'm, well. I'm guilty. Yeah. And then Jesus walks in the courtroom and you're like, oh man, uh, is he going to prove that I'm innocent? Maybe he could like spin it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus like tells you to leave and goes, like, I'm, I'm going to take dismissed. this. Yeah, <laughs> you're dismissed. You're declared innocent. I'm going to yeah, sit here and, right. and take the, you know. You've been pardoned. And so then God, the judge, goes declared guilty to Jesus to and not you. It's right. just like so wildly unfair. Mm-hmm. And it's like what I talk with my kids about. I say there's good unfair and bad unfair. Right. We'll fix the bad unfair. We'll try and fix that and, you know, make sure you have the same color Kool-Aid or whatever and like work on that. <laughs> we'll level this out. But there's a good unfair that we get in Jesus and yeah. we really want that one. Oh, like, man. That's the one that we're, we're going to really yeah. push it for. It takes that word unfair and turns it on its head. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, is... And so this movie is just like there's so many layers going yeah. on and uh, just... Praise the Lord that we have an advocate oh, man. who would actually stand up against the enemy and say, no, you know what? Yeah. I'll take the guilt. He's not right. guilty. In the midst of yeah. those 12 angry dudes, the <laughs> one that's like, nah, let's talk about this. Yeah. Like, I love that that callback. We there. could also deep dive on the number 12 and we the could. significance of the 12 yep. tribes of Israel, yeah, 12, 12 disciples, disciples, 12 jurors, but we yep. won't do that. Yeah, we'll just leave that at Yeah, there. yeah. It's fine. All right. You ready for a family watch rating? Totally. Yeah, here, let's, here let's talk go. about it. Yep. All right, here come our ratings. <laughs> the hype button. Yeah. Um, I would say, too, dude, because this is such a throwback and it was a little bit more uh, welcome for family viewing with yeah. certain content. Like, man, granted, you know, you talked about Hitchcock, obviously not, but like this specific black and white right. yeah. story, uh, I think it's suitable for, yeah, young, for absolutely. young viewers. I, you said you watched it I when was you 12 were or 13. Um, yeah. I, uh, again, I would say. Uh, the content level is totally safe. Absolutely. Um, there's some talk of violence, know, violence and sure. whatnot, um, but it's it's really safe. It's just the content is like a little more elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a little bit older to understand why this is important and stuff for the right. movie to actually have value for you. Mm-hmm. But again, I was 12 or 13 when I watched yeah. it. It was awesome. Watching it as an adult again oh, just brought more weight to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe take notes from Gordon Brush, guys, my dad, and uh, good old just Gordy. Get your kids to watch this movie and and talk with them. Gather about it. around, yeah, it's really it's, good stuff. Yeah, I would say out of we t- we typically do out of five, five being the most family friendly. Um, so yeah, around the you know ten to twelve age mark would be a good time yeah. to introduce it. And I, I would give it a four point five out of five. That's perfect for that age range. Yeah. Wel- welcome it amongst your uh, your households. Mm-hmm. Um, gospel lens. Yeah, and specifically, if you want to talk about the gospel yeah. with your kids, yeah, uh, five out of five. Absolutely, for me on this yeah, one. for sure. Like, because there's just so many different things to talk about. Because because I recently watched it, it, it definitely solidified the five out of five mm-hmm. because it just it hits 
so many yeah. levels and you layers. Can, you can go character by character and go, yeah. all right, do you this struggle with this in your heart? Yes. Yeah. Do you struggle with a temper? Yep. Like, <laughs> how did it go for this character? His right. temper didn't serve him. And Are you yeah. passive? <laughs> are, yeah. Are you passive? <laughs> yeah. Do you not have conviction? Do you right. need a spine? Do you yeah. actually need to believe what you believe? Yeah. Do you hide hate it's in your fantastic. heart? It's yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. You have some right. favorite moments? Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, there's one quote from mm-hmm. juror number eight. Yes. Uh, that when he says, it's always difficult to keep personal prejudice out of a thing like this. Mm. And whenever you run into it, prejudice always obscures the truth. And this isn't just classism, ageism, racism, but this is any time that you have made an assumption about someone Mm -hmm. because of how much money they make or where they come from or anything. Anytime you've made an assumption about someone or something, usually you're obscuring the truth. Right. Um, And the truth is usually way more messy, way more difficult to understand than your assumptions. Mm. And so that moment, and he says that so gently right. after this big blow-up moment, yeah. and he just says, hey, prejudice obscures the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was just a great moment for me. So fun. I, I love really any time a new discovery is made. One of my personal favorite moments is when they're trying to unpack. One of the witnesses uh, said that he heard some noises in regards to the murder yeah, and they simulate what it would be like to walk from point A to point yeah. B in the room, in the room. And they, they, I mean, they measure it out and they measure yeah. out the feet. So he walked from this, however many yards to this point, And then, then he saw something. Yeah. So they're dissecting it. Like and, timing it. See, yep, you, there's no way you can make it, it in time. Sure. And I remember even as a kid watching that scene, knowing that like they're in a jury room. Yeah. Uh, but you're like imagining it, with them right you're going all right he's in the bedroom now and you're yeah, like playing yeah, yeah. it out so it's like this weird moment where you feel like you left the jury room but you mm-hmm. actually didn't and right yeah it's brilliant how they portray that um you had another one there's a oh yeah um juror number three he's he's the guy who's estranged from his son yeah. has a horrible temper right um he has this monologue at the end where all the other 11 are convinced yeah. of not guilty and he's trying to hold out yeah and it's just this beautiful image of pride, mm-hmm. like just you're unwilling to give up. And when he finally caves, it's when he throws his notes and his wallet down on the table in anger. Sure. And a picture of him and his son kind of slides out. Mm. And you heard from previously in the movie that he's, he's not really close. he hasn't talked to his son in two years. Yeah. And, and he says... Uh, ignorant kids, you work your life out and they don't ever thank you. And right. he gets so angry, he starts ripping the picture up. Mm. And that's what breaks him is he's like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I've been ripping, driven to the point. Is this because that's I, all they had. Yeah. Like they, I mean, uh, that was his memory yeah. of his son. And he was like, am I really so prideful mm. and so angry in my life that I'm willing to like rip up my son? Right. Like, what am I doing? And so he caves and like his head hits the table, he's mm. in his arms, and he starts crying, and he says, not guilty, yeah. not guilty. And it's like, oh, this is final yep. cave-in Let me grab your jacket and let's walk out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that final sequence when, when he lets go of that hate. Because even when he's not yelling, which he's yelling in a lot of yeah. this movie, even when he's not yelling, you just feel it. Yeah. Like, even his, like, abrasiveness and when he's yeah. talking Yeah, and there's, there's a moment when juror number eight says... Are you his executioner? Mm-hmm. And he says, "I'm one of them." Right. And he goes, "I bet you'd like to push, pull the pull the switch." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Oh, you bet I would." Yeah, it's just and he, so and he says, intense. I feel sorry for you. Right. What a pathetic way to live your life. Yeah. Oh, oh, so man. much hate. It's great. <laughs> I want to go watch it right now. Yeah. My my thing is too like when you can communicate 
these ideas and if it can translate to just audio, mm-hmm. like if you were listening to this whole movie, yeah, just audio without watching, without it, watching it, it still you'd still get something out of it. Yep. And and it does it with little things like the heat of the room, the opening of the windows, the rain coming down, simulating this agonizing jury scenario. Yeah. And you could just hear it and you would feel the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it delivers both the visual and the audio, you're going to connect with it mm-hmm. on so many different levels. But I, I love the fact that y- if you took away the imagery, you could still get something from this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a beautiful story. Highly recommended. Yeah. Highly, highly recommended. Well, guys, um, our God is a storyteller. And 100%. we hope that uh, through these podcasts and through just thinking better about movies and putting a gospel lens on all this stuff, uh, that we become better enjoyers of stories. Right. And that we can find the gospel in all of these things. Uh, we love storytelling, and if you missed any other episodes uh, on the value of stories or any of our discussions on specific movies, like we said before, they're all available in this podcast. And uh, I want to throw this out there: if yeah, you guys, uh, if you have any thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, maybe movies that you'd like for us to review, or thoughts about maybe ways to make it better, things yeah. that would be more interesting. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email me. You can email me too. And Chandler, yeah. uh, C, C. C. Patterson C. Yeah. at fellowshipagreement.org or me, Jay Brush at mm-hmm. fellowshipagreement.org. And uh, we'd love to just hear your thoughts. Uh, here's what's great about stories as we wrap up. Uh, we are all part of one, mm-hmm. and we all have an individual story that's part of that big story. Uh, and if you're interested in sharing your story with us, you can go online right now to fellowshipagreenville.org slash share my story where you'll be guided through a sharing process with a few questions. Um, We know that stories can be sensitive Mm -hmm. and tough uh, to talk through, but sensitivity and vulnerability go along with sharing. And we really welcome transparency, and uh, we welcome your story as we're all part of God's story of hope and redemption. Uh, Talking about these life change moments connects us and makes us feel like a family. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We'll see you later. That was easy. Oh, that's nice. I want to do mine one more. (laughs) See you guys. Nice. That's a wrap. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, Head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.